Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. Uh, I'm your host today, Rich Polly, and joining me is, uh, he didn't get to go to Worlds this year and he's still sad, Ben Hibbert. I'm not sad, you're sad. <laughs> but you are sad. <laughs> yes, I have. I bought a house though, so you know. <laughs> he did get to go to Worlds this year and he's sad, Liam Baker. Hello. <laughs> He got to go to Worlds this year, and he's a bit happier, Tim King. Hello there. <laughs> and finally, a man who got to go all the way to Worlds, and all the way through Worlds, right to the very end of Worlds, it's the new world champion, Nicholas God-Nielsen. Hello, mate. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. You've been on before. It's good to have you back, but um, now wreathed in glory. <laughs> Still feels weird, but yeah, it's good to be back. Have you taken the crown off yet? Well, uh, Alva <laughs> makes sure I uh, wear it proudly, uh, which feels <laughs> weird, but uh, I've taken it down to try and get some regular days in. But yeah, yeah. she keeps going on about it with friends and such. <laughs> <laughs> Have, did you take it into work? Um, no, uh, there's one person at work that knows about it, Okay. Uh, because I don't gallivant around with it, still feels okay. weird. <laughs> Does your boss know? Yes. Like that That's the one person at work, that's the important person, it's like, look, I have achieved things, now give me a better end of year review, thank you very much. <laughs> it, it should be noted that it was actually uh, Alva's birthday uh, at Worlds, though uh, Nicholas has actually given her the best present by... Uh, winning her an all-expensive pay trip back to Chicago next year for her birthday. Nice. Nice. I I remember, Nicholas, we played during COVID and, uh, like, Alva was chatting in the background um, while we were playing, and it was was lovely. Um, But you said to me then that she's the person in the world who beats you most at X-Wing. Is that still the case, that you're the best X-Wing player in the world, but you're second best in your house? (laughs) Well, it's been true during the time... All the times I played scum, like every mm-hmm. time I uh, practice before worlds or a big tournament, uh, I usually just fly something uh, against her, and usually she just wins, uh, which always makes me really nervous and puckers <laughs> well, up the bum hole to actually <laughs> hunker down for all the games. Yeah. Cool. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit more, a lot more about Worlds over the course of this episode. Um, and it's amazing that Nicholas has, has come on to chat to us as, as part of his grand world tour of podcasts and various other things. So um, <laughs> before we do that, um, Ben, you want to talk very quickly about the return of the Sith Taker Online League? Yeah, so it's coming back. going to do another sorting league. Um, I'm sure Tim will be kind enough to uh, put the link in this um, podcast. Um, I'm probably going to do an announcement on Discord tomorrow, so it'll probably come out. But we're going to start. The first round draw will be on the 4th of May because Star Wars and stuff. I nearly swore then. I held it back. (laughs) Traditional. Yeah, and and you said the 4th of May instead of May the 4th because... Everyone knows. Everyone Um, knows what it is. It's more fun that way. Cool. And we'll see if we can... um, (laughs) We'll see if we can shake Sean upside down and release some money for some prize support for it as well. Yeah, uh, but obviously this will just be like more like a tournament, this first one, and then depending on how many people enter, 
we'll see how many leagues we get afterwards. Um, maybe more than last time, maybe less, who knows. Okay, fantastic. So by the time this drops, we'll have a live Longshanks event, basically. I mean, um, you'll be able to sign I've, up for it. I've just opened the page. If anyone managed to stumble on it before then, I've been quite impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Right, um, so that's the, the main PSA. I, I, I said I was going to do this bit at the end, but might as well do it now. So we released the tickets. <laughs> we released the tickets You're for the so Sith proud, Taker aren't we? Open. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. So we released the tickets for the Sith Taker Open. I sent Rupert the email to say, can you put them live on Thursday night? He put them live at half 10 on Friday morning. Um, we sold our first one just before 11 o'clock to Adam Freeman, Sith Taker. He bought two, one for Liam, um, because Liam can't be trusted to do things for himself. Um, and right. we sold the last one just after three o'clock on Saturday. Um, so about 28 hours it took us to sell out the Sith Taker Open. And we'd sold How many tickets, tickets. Was that? 128 tickets. And we yeah, sold 100 boy. in the first day. So, yeah. So there's a wait list of 20 at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all got a bit ridiculous and I got a bit giddy and I spent most of Friday and Saturday gasping and going for a lie down and not quite able to believe what was going on. Um, it's apparently the fast, fastest selling event that Element have seen, um, since the new team took over. Um, and I don't know, Tim, if you can remember a faster selling one from your days as the, as a head honcho there, but yes, yeah. Yes, I can, but I don't want to burst your bubble. Well, I knew it would have been. It would have happened at some point. Probably. Well, c- c- consi- <laughs> well considering you've had a lot, you had a lot less uh, notice because, like uh, events that I used to sell for forty k, people knew when tickets were going up, and then I'd be like, right, tickets released at seven o'clock. Oh, it's half past. They've all sold out. But then, but everybody knew that they were going up ahead of time. Whereas this was, oh, tickets were up, and then obviously it's like who who, who could actually buy them and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, and this is it, and that was pre-COVID that I'm talking about. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Re- really good to see. So, pe- people have told us that a lot of it was down to um, a lot of the positive um, impression that was left um, about us by people at Worlds, um, particularly Liam. So, it would be nice about Liam, uh, but also yourself, Tim. Um, been going around um, chatting about it, and also a lot of our previous players um, have uh, have obviously booked very quickly, but also kind of evangelised the event to other people, saying that it's amazing. So, um, and I know Nicholas, you've got a ticket, so you're going to come over, and we're going to meet you in person. Those of us that haven't, yeah, I thought I might as well buy one now since it's going to be easier to get over there for a weekend than it is to go to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to do both now. Yeah, that's true, but it is it is the premier warm up. Get to see everyone a little more and not be stressed out of my mind or worlds. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's it's turning into the, the warm up event for worlds, isn't it? So there we go. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Um so that's that really. Um Wait, we've commissioned Richard, really you, have, you haven't had told everyone that you've got to tick it as well. I, I do, but I'm still in two minds as to whether I'm going to release it to the first person on the wait list or and and work it because it's so it's got as big as it has, or whether I'm going to play. Um, I need to I need to figure that out in my own head. Um, was whether it's going to be the the Ben and Rich show or whether it's going to be um a bunch of different people i've got to figure it out um but i do have a ticket one of the tickets has got my name on it so um a hilarious cu- couple of hilarious stories louis leong thought he'd missed out 
um, on tickets and he wanted to buy like four or something. Um, and he was like, oh, I was so happy seeing how fast it all sold. I was so happy. I was so happy. And then I realized, oh, no, I haven't got a ticket. And he was really sad and he went on the waiting list. And then he checked his um, he was going through his browser tabs and he found that he still had the basket with the four tickets in and he'd not completed the purchase. And Elements and um, purchasing system obviously hadn't it had knocked the stock off but it hadn't added them back on because he hadn't closed the browser or something to do with technology. I don't exactly understand. Um, so he completed and he was like, I might have just put you to 132 players or <laughs> not. And I was like, well, if you've got a, if you've got a confirmation email, you're coming and we'll figure it out. So yeah. Anyway, right. That's that. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. So, um, so let's take her open. We've commissioned first prize as well already, which is going to be super sweet. So I'm quite looking forward to, to talking about that and showing it off when it turns up. Um, Cool. Okay, let's talk about Adepticon. So Adepticon's a massive thing. We talked about it a lot. At it, there's a World Championship for X-Wing and, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Nicholas, you won. Well, we've already done all of this giddiness and, and congratulations and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, once again, kind of well done. A um, couple of things that I want to point out that I don't know if people know about um, your run. Um, so you played Timo Rab in turn what, what what round was it four or five was it uh, i think four round it was four. four okay and round four kind of in the balance for both players you're both doing really well but you know still kind of it, it's a very tough room you did a, a role at the end of the game that basically said um whoever wins this role like attack, defend, whatever. If I do one damage, I win. If I don't do one damage, Timo wins kind of thing. You rolled off, you won the game um, because you pushed a damage or whatever. And you put the score in, you submitted it to the judges. And then when you're chatting to Timo after the game, you realize that it was range three and he should have rolled an extra green dice. So you ashed over to the judges, made them stop everything and got Timo to roll a green dice. And because he rolled in evade, that meant you lost the game. Is that, is that, Roughly correct. Yeah, roughly correct. Uh, and so you the then the win in. Very worried that he would have pressured me or something, but was still one of those things like he should have rolled the extra die. It's not an issue. Yeah. So I mean, this is a huge kind of thing that talks massively about your character. To me, even more than the fact that you won worlds is the fact that you won worlds having done something like that so like ultimate in sportsmanship um i don't think there's many players in the room particularly at worlds who would have said actually do you know what let's give this guy a three and eight chance of just beating me um because we both forgot something um and that's amazing like to me that's incredible um so like huge props to you um for 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 that and for playing the game in exactly the right way and for being like probably the fairest player in all of x-wing um and I think it's been long enough that we can say there was no asteroids moving underneath your ships in the two two corners <laughs> this time around. Um so you were all good. <laughs> so I know you're are you are you a bit embarrassed now that I'm just telling you how wonderful you are. You should be. Uh quite. I <laughs> still have a hard time taking compliments since I don't really see myself as top tier players. Uh, so I still get kind of uncomfortable by all the compliments that's been coming my way. 
So, I, I mean, I, I'll compliment your play because um, you played very well. Um, I'll be dead mean about your last turn in the final in a, in a little bit, so don't worry about that. Um, Which but, is fair, uh, <laughs> since I more or less just had mud in my brain at that point. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think we all just saw your brain shutting down at one point, and it was just like, what's going No, don't do that. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I just wanted to say, like, the a fair fair play award to you as well, um, for doing that, and and also another shout to Timo who has also got a ticket for the Sith Taker Open, so it's going to be a bit scary. Um, to Timo who, when offered an intentional draw that would have seen him through into the top eight cut, um, in round ten, said, "No, let's play, let's go," and played the game, and he lost it, and so we lost out on cut. Um, so he he could have. You know, he's he's there to play the game for the right reasons, for the the enjoyment of playing, not for the competitive nature of of trying to win. Um, and I think it's great that you know there are people like um, like you and him uh, in the community and playing at the sharpest end of tournaments who are playing fair and playing for the joy of playing and not trying to win. And, and this is the Timo, and like he's not he's not a small guy. He's I mean he is German, but he's like a massive Viking looking fella. And he just he just appeared in a bar in uh, well near where we were, were staying, and uh, obviously said hello. We, we had a good old chat, and uh, one of his comments then was, "Well, let's see what this two point five is like, and see if I understand how to play objectives, <laughs> and then almost make cuts at worlds." Yeah, yeah, he hadn't played. He hadn't played. Um, yeah, I mean, we were laughing about Darren going, and Darren went, and I think Darren went six and four, maybe. Um, over the course of the day, having basically played one game of 2.5. Um, Which is funny that Liam had practiced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and Darren, the, the funny thing as well is like uh, Darren for the laugh was just offering people intentional draws. So I think he offered Crispy an intentional draw round one. Crispy den <laughs> denied it. And then Darren, <laughs> Darren beat Crispy, which was like madness. Then I think I drew Darren round two. And as soon as Darren, I knew what his list was. I was like, we're playing this game. He's like, okie dokie. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know how to, I know how to beat you. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So um, that's enough of that. Right, Nicholas. Yep. Everybody wants to know what makes First Order so good, and is it that First Order is so good, or is it that you're quite good at this game and it involves a, a piloting? Um, what about both? Maybe. Well, maybe both. A little of column A, a little of column B. Um, I think mainly, uh, which took me a little, quite a few games and iteration and switching factions back and forth, uh, to notice that it's one of the few um, factions that you don't have to bend over backwards to find combinations that lets you throw four dice at range one. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly the reason why I went with it. Because I bought a bunch of Republic, seeing all the new SOC content. Oh, mm. like, oh, Jag and Wolf, really great. Six ships, cool. But then when I started jousting and just ended up at range one of things and couldn't punch through three agility, I realized, yeah. oh, I can't play stuff that uses munitions. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Since I can't out joust anything, and yeah. three agility just keeps rolling evades. So I mean, the the interesting thing um, for for me is that I was helping um, 
for a lot of the run into worlds dave sutcliffe one of the the sith takers um to to run basically a first order and to finesse a six or uh, a six ship first order list um very similar to yours he discounted backdraft and took grudge instead uh, but otherwise he did have you know the, the the other five ships were the same um but he went for shield upgrades instead of um fanatical optics um kind of combo um where you just basically said well if i want to push through three agility i need to be double modding as much as possible um i need to be able to generate hits from somewhere to get through that um i mean was that a an active choice to go i need yeah, to be able was, to push damage um, mainly because a lot of my games i've been able to use elusive uh, more than once mm -hmm. but also just having those instances where you're rolling two hits and just spend the focus since no one's shooting you anymore to get three hits constantly uh, pushed through a lot of damage in a lot of games mm -hmm. um was one of the reasons why I managed to beat um, Cold Park Creative uh, Knuckles. Yep. Um, and managed to kill his Vader defender just because uh, four dice, range one, got a few paint and then optics, and he can't really dodge four hits. So yep. we just burned. I mean, the other thing, and I saw your top four game against the Spanish guy. Mario? Mario, yeah. With the Rebel Alpha. And I think the, the other the other secret sauce in the list was that most people when they take Malarus they just default through cluster missiles on him. Um but you put a magpulse on there, uh which in that top four game you kind of just went, well, how's about your combo doesn't work because I I'm gonna jam deplete ionize dutch so that he can't take locks because he's jammed and he can't do anything next turn and i'm just going to absolutely screw your combo um and <clears throat> lovely flank from ember coming in behind tenum forcing him into a bad spot but that that magpulse i've not seen anybody in the run into worlds with magpulse on malarus it's just been a default of cluster missiles so again the question was that an active choice where you thought i need to disrupt alphas somehow and this is my way to do it or was it something else it was actually to disrupt the alphas um since we have a local player that's really good but he doesn't really play in international tournaments or travel uh which kind of annoys me but he's really good and uh, I've been bashing my head against him with a bunch of lists, and each time he just brings out Poe. Uh, Poe usually kills my list, and I realize, oh, I need a way to try and bring down either Poe or Lulo's offense, and the Magpulse really saves my ships longer, since they need to be alive at I-4 to be able to yeah. shoot a bunch. So... Uh, using the magpulse just to make sure that I don't get killed by the alpha or just that the range one shots from people don't hurt as much mm -hmm. since DT and Scorch need to be a lot. Yeah. And that that's the important thing is that the, the list. I mean it's it's a sum of its parts, right? But yeah. you've got those um you've got those four tie FOs. So you've got DT798, you've got Scorch, you've got Malarus and you've got Gallic. 
Yeah. Um, and the four of them are all throwing three dice. Um, and I don't know it, why I took Ion Cannon. Throwing yeah. three dice or four at range one to push through three agility. Usually I only do one damage. I hardly ever get to ionize something, but getting one damage is still one damage. Yeah, and against a Y-Wing, you ionize it and switch off its nonsense and then go, oh, look, I'm in the, in the final of Worlds. Well, <laughs> pretty pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it. it I, I guess you went through, like, a, but you've said you've gone through a bunch of iterations of, of building it out. So um, anybody who wants to can go and look at the exact build out. But the, the, the other thing that I find very interesting about a lot of the top cut list, and we'll, we'll go into this in a bit, was the basically everybody staples elusive onto every ship. Um, unless you've got a really good reason not to, um, you know, putting fanatical, maybe fearless, maybe heroic if you're in resistance, but elusive is just, just seems to be the, uh, I would say it seems to be, it definitely is the, the talent of choice at the minute. Well, it's so cheap. And as long as you're playing it on lower initiative ships, usually know if you've spent the focus or not since i hardly ever want to spend the focus mm -hmm. if i know i'm taking a shot and haven't um gotten to use elusive yet since elusive usually rolls into a focus results or something like that mm -hmm. and it's nice to just spend the focus and just not take damage especially yeah. when you don't have that much health yeah i mean that's the that's the good thing, I guess. Like elusive, it's brilliant on Jedi and Force users because you know you've always got those um, those focus mods, so it gives you the the five and eight chance of just dodging something if you blank out. Um, it yeah, also and... kills your opponent quite a bit when you yeah. just oh well, elusive them and oh no damage, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, when when they think they've got it through, it's it's the heroic effect, but in mini, yeah. um, you know, it's a, oh, two blanks, yes, two damage, heroic, oh, nothing, right, fine. Um, although you don't get the utter sadness of you know four blanks into four blanks on heroic, so you know that's <laughs> which can happen to you once in a lifetime, but you always feel like it happens every game. It's it's all good. Um, so yeah, cool. Um, I mean, I I kind of wanted to to ask you as well about your other games because you know we saw your top four and and obviously the final because they were they were streamed on gold squadron you didn't exactly have an easy run through kind of day one and day two prior to cut because we've already discussed you played against timo um who's a, a top class player and you also you, you lost quite an early round against um the reigning world champion at the time ollie pocknell is that right yeah, uh, he thoroughly beat me into the ground, and I was feeling kind of deflated after that match, but mm. still hunkered down and just kept playing. Alva kept saying, no, you can probably still make it. Uh, don't bother about all the Aces High stuff you brought along. Which I was kind of psyched to actually get to play some Aces High. But <laughs> yeah, still... Worlds was better, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good that you stayed in, isn't it? Like, to be honest, rather than <laughs> bobbing out at that point. Um, <laughs> oh, could you imagine? 
yeah, I just dropped to do Aces High. So instead of winning it, I got some Enterprise <laughs> tickets so I could get some alt art cards. It's all good. Yeah, um, that was my plan. <laughs> only Furley just looked through my play and then shoved Sunjir down my face and killed Ember quite mm -hmm. early. Yeah, Ollie um, was using Moff Gideon, which yep. he said that in worlds tonight for my list. Yeah, he, he said in because you you can't spend your tokens, and he just go and you can't spend elusive either. So he said a lot of top tier players at worlds were going. So how does that work? And he was explaining it, and they were going, "Really? What? Yeah. Really?" <laughs> and like it was like, "Haven't haven't you found this card yet?" Oh, oh cool. Cool, I guess. Um, and you know, he's been running it for a, a while. Like he, he ran it at the Sith Taker Open this year in, in February and has been practicing with it. Um, yeah, I was kind of glad I didn't run into it more during the days. I was so surprised every time someone's like, Oh, I have Aiden instead. Yeah, so um Corentin was flying it and he ended up in cut. Um and Ollie, but not many other people. I mean, we can have a look through some of the the stats about how many Moff Gideons there were in the tournament later on, but um, yeah, it was a bit, a bit, uh, yeah. I, I've played against Moff Gideon enough to know what it does, and also to know that there's at points very little that you can do about it, even if you yeah. know it's coming, um, other than just try and kill him as quickly as you can to switch him off. But you know, if he's cloaked and has elusive and has an overtuned modulators three calculate and an evade token, it's like yeah, cool, <laughs> you can try. <laughs> you can pile all your shots into him and maybe do nothing. Um, yeah, it's just a bit rude. Um, so, yeah, cool. I mean, like, I I don't really have any other big questions for you because this is the this is the thing about, you know, you've won Worlds, we've watched it. Um, is there anything that kind of from the day or from the weekend that you just kind of want to want to chat about or say or mention or anything like the kind of an open well, forum for you? I'd mention is I'm... 100% certain I wouldn't be able to uh, do this um, if Worlds was next week. Because so many of my games was just like I set up during the semi-finals and the finals where I put Backdraft in the middle, Ember on the side, and then the rest on one side. Mm -hmm. uh, and almost every game where someone uh, bit on the bait that is Ember Mm -hmm. they lost fairly because they spent 13 points or something like that just chasing Ember down in a corner while he's just going five straight and taking a focus and deplete mm -hmm. to just shuffle around. Uh, happened against Nathan, happened against a bunch of other players that just couldn't get any damage on Ember. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just danced around. And didn't so, really do anything with him. So what they thought that that looked like a, that, that's an easy four point starter because he's out by himself and I can catch him. And yeah. then they didn't catch him, basically. Yeah, had one pull with proton rock uh, torpedoes and such, try and kill him, no damage, and Ember just started running around. A good good way to tie up a seven point endgame ace and make him waste his proton torpedoes so they're not shooting your other ships. Um, yeah, and backdraft yeah. just runs around the entire games as well. Yeah. Just five forward, folks rotate, and then keeps running, and people yeah. keep chasing. 
So, I mean, joked about it a little bit earlier, but let's talk a little bit about the final. So you're in a dominant position, right? You've, you've, you've been basically bossing it. Um, You've got him wrapped around your little finger. He's had to run his Reaper down into a corner. He can't turn his backstabber in because if he does, you're going to murder him. Um, You're, I think, three points up Uh, and four. four points up. And then, as you said earlier, your brain was full of mud. And it looked like you just decided that you had to, You were, he was definitely going to kill Backstabber. He was going to turn Backstabber in. So when I watched it back, I looked at that and I thought, Nicholas has thought here, he's going to turn that tie in because he needs to kill something to get points. So if I turn my two ships down to threaten that one, that wins me the game. I run my other ships away and I acknowledge that I'm going to lose DT over here because he's not spent his in charge yet. So I can't get any points there. When he then five straights the tie away and afterburners, because it's a cheaty Battle of Yavin tie, um, and you turn out and you can't get the shot on him. I think everybody was shouting, but all you had to do was five straight Ember and murder the Reaper because he can't modify his dice because he's damaged. Yeah, the oh. main reason why I didn't do that was because uh, I sneakily tried to look over and I didn't want to spoil anything. Uh, I thought that Baroff had four health remaining and not two. Uh... If I had <laughs> realized that he had only two health left, I would have just two straight with Malaris and fire magpulls into him. Yeah. And then he instantly dies. Yeah, because he had a fuel leak, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, because that because we've obviously got perfect information looking at the stream and sitting in your chair looking at it on a nice big high definition monitor with the overlay perfectly up to date, and it's like oh, he's got two health left and a and a yeah. fuel leak, and Nicholas has got a mag pulse in the pipe with Malarus, so exactly. all he's got to do is hit for one, and 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 he and you could send Ember down to secure it. You know, you could, could have sent both of them, but okay, it makes sense now. Um, yeah, and also yeah. I got so much tunnel vision thinking that if he manages to block Gaelic in any way, mm-hmm. I'm not in range two of the central objective. Right, so that's why you five straighted. Yes, uh, the four straight uh, could have been blocked, and I honestly didn't think he would go for the 4K, uh, mm-hmm. since I thought that would be too risky for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we worked out for him. Thankfully, I still had dice on my side. Yeah, I mean, so the 4K. The started pushing us to pick up the pace. I also yeah. just stopped uh, thinking all the steps through. Mm-hmm. Like the turn before, where I actually spent the elusive charge to not get ionized with DT. Yeah. I had no reason to do that. I would have been yeah. fine doing a one straight or a one bank in the last turn mm-hmm. and taking a focus. Yeah. Instead of yeah. going two straight or whatever. Yeah. I mean the other the other thing that I kind of noticed was I think DT could have ranged three into backstabber at the very end. Um but it was, I think it was three obstructed, so it would have been three V five. I looked at it and it looked way out and I yeah. just didn't bother uh, measuring, which I yeah. probably should have. Uh, also, uh, to be a testament to that I'm not <laughs> the best player, uh, I was playing that entire game and questioning constantly, why is he not using 
uh, Aiden on the Reaper or Vader. They're ties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just because you don't know every card. (laughs) And and, and now you know that Aiden only works on the LNs, and that's why. Yes. Fair enough. Well, I mean, as you said, all's well that ends well. Um, you did what is now known as the God Roll. Um, so two hits and a focus. Um, yeah, well I done. still felt I had it in the bag, but yeah, I got kind of worried when all my ships started rolling blanks everywhere and you got hits and started pushing damage in. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the 4K from Mauler or whoever it was, um, and then the, the two dice attack into the one health backdraft and doing whatever it was the you know he, he did two and you evaded yeah, one and, and it was just like yeah so like he he naddied up and you didn't get the natty paint that you needed to to live and just win and it was just like oh i had this gut-wrenching feeling in my stomach i was like oh no <laughs> oh no um, but fortunately um with a little tickle on the bottom of the cup which um i don't know i don't know if you were conscious of that before the um before you know it, it was made a thing of after worlds, but that that little stroke, that little "I love you, my dice, be kind to me," gentle little pat on the top of the dice cup before you lifted it. Um, I really hope that was it, uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> it endeared I don't know, it, it, at that point, and just no, it, it, it was endearing to be honest. Anything differently? Yeah, well, no, but I mean, so like the thing is right. When Andrew threw his road dice at the end, right, and it was hit, hit, blank, I think a lot of people just went, odds are Nicholas wins this because he's got three dice to roll a single eye or crit. Yeah, um, I thought the same thing. So, you know, the chances are up. But you rolled your dice first, and like a proper showman left them under the cup and let him roll his so that you could do the big reveal. So it was. Yeah, there was a big discussion on how to do it with the <laughs> judges. Uh, but we all agreed that the most dramatic way of doing it was the best one. Yeah. Since then, we wouldn't have to bother about the dice being thrown into each other and all that. Yeah. Yeah, whose dice are whose? I don't know. The, the crit was definitely mine. <laughs> we so. actually had that happen during a um, game against uh, Nathan Idy. Yeah. We were doing a roll-off, and we both say, I'm first player, that's a shame. And we pick up our de- dice. Then we look at each other and say, I'm first player. No, I'm first player. And we question <laughs> each other, what did you roll? I don't know. <laughs> and we both look at the judge and like, do we roll again? Neither <laughs> of us could remember. We were just so gut-wrenched about having a bad roll and probably going first. Yeah. And then getting called like, no, probably should keep check on that. Yeah, you were like, I've got a crit and an eye. It's definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and he's looking going, I've got, you know, a crit and two eyes. It's definitely me. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I rolled gar- well, I rolled a really good roll if it was an attack, but it's not. Yeah. It's when I want to roll garbage. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd, like just to, to kind of step back from uh, kind of the, the, the winner talk uh, for a little bit. Um, from a, uh, a, a kind of observer's perspective, it looked like AMG had got the keys to the FFG vault and had gone in there with basically a transit van 
a, a, like a black mask on a stripy jumper and made out like bandits because you all got playmats, templates, tokens, cards, painted ships, boxes, boxes. People turned like came back with like two copies of Fury of the First Order because they showed a painted ship to somebody. Challenge coins from Louis, all sorts of things. Was was it as good as it seemed to be from from the outside? Yeah, it was smashing. Uh, I was kind of skeptical in the beginning when they said, oh, we want to have more participation prices since I like my plastic crack. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but having this setup as you play each round and you get something new and you get something good, everyone yeah. got something that was worth keep playing for. And just getting the playmats was also great. Yeah, because they were system yeah, the, open. Just the extra loot on the sides was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And you've, of course, you've got those amazing um, Phoenix Squadron templates, which eight people got, and you're one of the eight. They're really pretty. Uh, I'm not uh, half of those are mine, but yeah, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have them. I'm gonna keep using my uh, from. Worlds 2019, since I usually use everything that's black and red. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. If you've got a theme, you've got to stick with it. But what did you say, Liam? Half of them are yours? Yeah, so the morning of the event, I sent a message to Nicholas, words of encouragement, and I said, you've got this. And then I also said, if you end up winning this, I'm having half of your prize support because I'm being really encouraging. And he heart-reacted, which means that's a legally binding contract. <laughs> okay. They're in the mail. <laughs> so you can, you can hand them over next February. Yes, which half? And I went, I'll ha- have half of each ten. <laughs> and middle. The middle bit, yeah. Not not the ends, not, <laughs> not the top or the bottom, the middle bit, please. Uh, <laughs> aye, yeah, it's it's like it looked dead good. Like I must I must admit, I, I had proper proper jealousy of the fact that I wasn't there, and it made me go and kind of double down with the wife to say I'm going next year. I don't care what happens, I'm going next year. So, um, I've already started figuring out what. If it makes you feel any better, it was probably what better watching from afar than it was going all that way to then just watch. I mean, Liam, do you want to do you want to talk about your uh, your experience in the last chance qualifier? No, but yes. No. Okay, so I mean, we we, yeah, we don't have to dwell on it too people much need because to hear it. People, so, people people people. I think everybody knows it. already. You you weren't exactly quiet about it. Yeah, to be fair. Um, and neither were we. Like, we were all very yeah. sympathetic to you. While laughing a little. I was, I was honestly gutted. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew everyone would laugh. Just a little. But I was, I was genuinely gutted. Uh, I had a load of people come over to me going, how come you're in this? Haven't you qualified yet? I'm like, no. And then, obviously, when I realised the final score after I lost Bolin against Pond. Mm. I just put my hand out, shook his hand. Uh, and then I got a nosebleed. And of course, I was trying to stop the blood going onto my models. So I was just sniffing. 
because I didn't have a tissue, so people thought I was crying. Then got blood on my fire spray, so I had to clean that up as well. Gave Pond a hug, and then uh, got on Pond his just went and got some fresh Did air. Did you get blood on Pond? No. If I did, it would have been his own. <laughs> Bless him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, finish, you, you, were, you, know, you were a champion. Honestly, I got back to the hotel that night. I was, say, I was gonna say you were a champion that night because we went to Miller's Ale Bar and they had uh, one of these massive challenge burgers and it was ridiculous, like the size of my head. Uh, and you got a free hat for demolishing it. So Liam was like, "Well, I'm coming back from something from Worlds and and uh, po- got, yeah, polished it off. I've got to win something today. You 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 have to wear that now for for, yeah. the, for the rest of the year. That's your penance. And then then you know you'll get that'll give you the motivation. I'll never agree to do it. Well, this is it, but that'll be your motivation. I will never wear that hat in public. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I heard a lot of positive no. things from, from people about, you know, what you were doing over the course of Worlds, as well as that you were doing the, the roving reporter for the Sith Takers. You were taking pictures and stuff when you remembered, um, uh, when you weren't doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, it, and and a lot of people in the community, um, in the particularly in the UK, who, like follow our Facebook pages and posts were really grateful that you know they were able to keep a track on what was going on and see what was happening um because you know we, we were doing those posts as well so um it was great that you were doing that but also you know keeping people up and reaffirming them and you know all that kind of stuff that the guys that were still playing so it's one of those things is that you know it's a dice game ultimately you go to the event with the intention of playing and doing as well as you can and sometimes it doesn't work out for you and i remember a long time ago, what uh, listening to an episode of the 186 podcast and um, Jesper Winstrom, um, who, you know, had previously been like, you know, top four in kind of system opens and, you know, made the cotton worlds and blah, blah, blah. And he went to a tournament at one point and he, and, you know, he went three and three and he didn't make cut. And he said that people spent the entire time going up to him and going, what happened? Like, you know, he wanted, they wanted him to say, you know, oh, here's the, the reason, the excuse, you know, this is why I'm not in cut. And he was like, sometimes I just have a bad event and there's no reason, you know, I just didn't play well and that happens or, you know, variants went against me or whatever, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a guaranteed, you know, I think there was a few players that if you look down the list of, of names of people who you would have expected to see in that top eight, you know, you would have expected to see, um, I don't know, like Duncan Howard from America, probably in that top eight because of his his run in previous Worlds events. Um, you know, Nathan Idy, who obviously did get in, you know, Ollie didn't make it in. Um, you know, people that you would look down and think that person will probably end up in that top eight, but it, it turned into such a lottery um, towards the kind of the sharp end of the room when there were people on seven and oh and six and one trying to play into the to the last couple of rounds and when everybody's that good it's not the um it's not the 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 play skill that's the determining factor it's something else and it could just be how you feel how much sleep you've had whether you've eaten well you know whether your back hurts that kind of stuff it could be anything so yeah don't don't feel bad. And I mean, I, I messaged so, you and said, don't yeah. feel bad. Um, still love you, even though you're a loser. But, you know, it's fine. It's, it was like I got back to the hotel after going out for drinks with Timo and Darren. And honestly, I just sat there going, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And I literally just thought, do I sell all my stuff? 
because clearly, because I have got a massive self-confidence thing where when I do well, it's luck. When I do badly, it's what I deserve. And it's a mind frame I need to try and get myself out of. Mm -hmm. Especially with all like the messages of support I got from everyone. Like people I knew as the greats of the game when I just started came over and they said, you're good enough to be in the cut. You're good enough to be in the top eight. This is a one-off. Like you're really unlucky is what it is. And I, I wish I could say why I lost. But I was so devastated by not making it out of the LCQ. I just, my brain shut down. I just wanted to hop on the next flight and go home. But that's natural. That's a natural response to, you know, to to overcoming that. Because that competitive energy that you've built up, as much as you say, I'm not putting any pressure on myself. You, you are, but that's a, that's a coping mechanism to kind of talk yourself down from, you know, getting hype, like so, so much nervous energy around, you know, the competitive nature of the event. Um, and there was pressure on you and that release, but that disappointment release rather than the elation release, you, you know, your brain fills itself up with negative chemicals um, and you need a couple of days to blow off steam. And, you know, if that happened and you were in, you know, the GMX and, or the UK Games Expo or something like that, and, you know, you could hop in an Uber and be home in 20 minutes, then you, you'd just go. Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here. I've crashed out. But, you know, you're in Chicago and you're there for another three days and there's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, you took a day, you reset yourself and then you came back. And I didn't even take a day. I just like I just told everyone I'll be there at half nine instead of eight. So yeah. I walked into the venue, got some fresh air, enjoyed the walk and then just did what I think any person should do is support their friends. Yeah. Because I had people message me going, I don't understand how you kept your composure. And the way I saw it was, yeah, I'm out, but one of my friends has just got through. Does it matter that I was the, the hurdle they had to get over? No, they should go and enjoy their events. I shouldn't let any experience with me sour their experience of Worlds. Yeah. And as much of an arse I play up to be, I do want everyone to enjoy this game. And I do want people to, you know, have a good time. Whether that's with me in the room, me with me out of the room, like I just want to be an asset to the community and make sure everyone enjoys it. And I felt the best thing for me to do was to push everyone to do better. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I've seen the we did worlds, and it was awesome. Posts scrolling up over various social media channels, and you know, I've seen people thanking you for what you were doing at the event to support them. So you know. Obviously, what what you were doing was appreciated by those people. So definitely, it was really yeah. Ha having to tell Crispy to get his head out, head out his phone when he's Owen two and come over and socialise and get out of his own head, he looks really disappointed. And I was like, get your head out of your phone and come and talk to people. Calm yourself down. Ignore the dice. Stop moaning about the dice and think about what you can change. And then he went eight and two, so he owes me stuff as well now. Eight and two, and missed out on cut by basically the people that he lost to not doing as well as the people that other people lost to who went eight and two. Um, if he accepted that intentional draw from Darren round one, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, lesson learned uh, when you 
get offered an intentional draw by Darren Granger round one at World's Ticket. Um, so, I mean, the, the just talking about that, intentional draws, like uh, there was a big p- palaver about them beforehand. And we saw in the last round, a couple of people did just ID because they knew it would guarantee them um, kind of getting uh, the, the, the place in the top eight. Um, we saw it in the last chance qualifier, people doing IDs once they'd got their, the wins that they needed to get through. Um, and then we saw some um, like concessions from like a player who was like, well, I can't get through because I've already lost two games and I'm not, I'm going to drop something later on. So they were conceding to their friends as well. So it, it all seemed to be a little bit, there was tactical stuff going on outside of the, the 75 minutes plus or minus on a three by three bit of neoprene. Um, did, did you, was, was that apparent to people playing or was it kind of a little bit, well, I'm just here to play games and there's people over there trying to be weirdly strategic. I couldn't really uh, tell if people were doing it. I know there was like one top table where people drew since they were guaranteed to be in cut. Uh, mm-hmm. But there were so many times where it was like people didn't know they were going to be in cut with just the eight wins. Uh, yeah. Like, if everyone above them draws, they're out. So, me, for example, I needed my wins all the way. Mm-hmm. So, I had to play for the wins. And I think yeah. a lot of people felt the same way. It yeah. felt kind of unsafe to just hope that someone else uh, plays for a draw as well. Yeah, I know um, Matya Mandarov and Andrew Lippens. Um, intentionally drew i think around three because it was salvage and it was almost a mirror match and they're friends and they were just like whichever one of us loses this game will be so tilted about the fact that we've lost a mirror match against a friend on the worst scenario that we don't like um why don't we just draw it and see what happens from there and they're like yep cool sounds good so they sat and had a chat for you know the duration of that round um, and took the draw, um, but that That'd was less strategic good. and more kind of psychological almost. Uh, Sounds better, at least. Yeah. Like in, in, interestingly, <laughs> like um, so, I lost my game nine uh, to basically last roll of the game. Um, so then I that basically put me on what six and three at that point. Um, so I obviously that was that was me out of contention to sort of make up. And um, I, I drew um, I drew uh, Dom Flanagan after the repair, and Dom sort of basically said, "Do you want to play the game?" And I felt at that point, I said, "Well, there's a top thirty-two prize, and I don't know if us taking an ID gets us top thirty-two. So I'd much rather we play the game, and one of us gets top thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, as it so happened, because no, there were no other six one threes." Uh, my strength for schedule meant I actually finished thirty first, so I still got nice. the, the top thirty two prize um, because uh, Dom Dom beat me because I was an idiot in the last game. But I've kind I, I kind of given up at that point because it was just like you know that was that was my my, my shot was game nine and uh, yeah I there there was a world where I could have made my life a lot easier, but I hadn't seen it and then ended up it was a fifty fifty console far to win the game. 
Um, <laughs> but it was Obi Wan uh, practically one shot in Kanan that um, that put me in the winning position. So the the, the miracle shot came off, um, and so um, I probably shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, well, we're we're going to talk a little bit more about um, kind of your run uh, next week because this is going to be a long episode anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without going into that, but yeah, it was uh, it was what watching you go three and zero on day one to finish three and two, and then winning your first three games on day two as well, and it was like, wow, okay, the, yeah. d- don't play Tim in the morning. No, well, well, this is it. I get to game four, and uh, yeah, game four just like. Uh, each day something happened in the game uh, which resulted in me losing the game. Uh, like I had a cracking game against uh, Nathan, um, game four. Um, and then, yeah, game five each day, I, mean, I was just like, my head wasn't really in it because I was basically resigned to the fact that uh, day one, I had made cut because I got my three wins. So like game five didn't matter. And then suddenly I win three games on day two and I'm like, uh, okay, perhaps I need to <laughs> try again. And, uh, yeah, great. Uh, I had a really, really good game nine versus, um, Alex Farley, uh, who also mm-hmm. made cut. I mean, that's it. Like my strength for schedule was really good because I played yeah. Alex Farley and Nathan Ida, who both obviously made cut. Um, and there's obviously, you know, a couple of others went seven and three. So uh, I think very rarely do I have a good strength for schedule, but I think this event, I was second in the six and four bracket. So like, this is the reason why we go to worlds, right? And as I said, we'll, we'll talk more about your specific run of different games and stuff in Mm. next week. Um, but the reason that we go to worlds and we travel all the way to America to play X-Wing is because you want to play against people like, you know, Nicholas, Fan, Duncan, Nathan, Paul Heaver, Ollie. You know, you, you go to Worlds to play against the, the the really good players and to test yourself against them. Yeah. And whether you end up in the top eight or in the cut or whatever or not, you know, you don't get a chance to play against these people who've made the top cut of big events on multiple occasions at your local store tournament if you cling to it. And, and that's why I want to go to Worlds next year. Not because I think I've got a chance of winning it, um, because I really don't, um, but because I want to go over and have a great time and do my best and test myself against these people to see, you know, what I've learned over the last seven years I've been playing the game. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Like, you know, the competition is there. There are no bad players in, you know, the, the event. And even like, I mean, that's what I was trying to say, you know, sort of said Liam as well, is that in the last chance qualifier, there were the standard in the last chance qualifier, there were like former, you know, system open champions, European champions in the last chance qualifier. Yeah, that um, was the scary lineup. Yeah, like, and this is it. Like, you you could get drawn against two of them in the, in your first two games, and then it's just like, well, you, you know, you're, you're practically out of the last chance qualifier. But yeah, you know, I think the standard in both events was very high, and it, as it should be. You know, it is you know essentially you know the the, the premier premier event of the year, um, and I think as well, it's it was so good to see so many of those names returning because um, I know X Y was there. Obviously, we've talked about Timo. Um, you know, Australia turned out in force uh, with the Fosses, Actar, a few others. So you know, the, you know, there was a there was a lot of sort of big names that that turned. <laughs> you have up. no idea. So funny, but so many people said to me, uh, or or in, in posts and things in different places, they were like, "Yeah, you could tell what the standard of the event was like when you know I was on the I was on the five and three tables and you know being sad and I got paired into Actor Cam." <laughs> 
And it's like, yeah, because he's everybody knows, you know, the Fosses, I don't think they'd played 2.5. I think they were a little bit like, um, like Timo was. They'd, I think they had um, uh, trips from previous glories. Um, or, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I certainly hadn't known that they'd been playing for a while. Um, but yeah, they, they were well known kind of aces players in version one and an early version two. Um, I mean, just to kind of like, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has, has been through, um, the, uh, the, the kind of the whole end of the, the tournament and everything, but, um, basically it went to, to top eight. There was, um, so flipping roll better with all of its happy pirate nicknames. Fortunately, Nicholas puts his actual name on things, so we can oh, see him. I, I can log in. I can log in and share it for you. Yeah. Uh, so you, we have um, we had uh, Futil, who was is that Pierre, the person mm. who went top of cut, at top of Swiss. Do not show me the names. Uh, I think his name's Pierre. He was French. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Pierre Buffier, yeah. top Swiss. Um, he went nine uh, and one. Uh, so he won nine, lost one game. Uh, he was flying uh, what I'll call gently Don Flanagan's list. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, now Pierre's list because he did better with it. Um, then second in Swiss was Nathan Idy. We've, we've referenced him a, a couple of times. I think both um, Nicholas and, and you, Tim, played him. Um, he was flying um, Chopper. Anakin, so uh, Delta 7 CLT, but with Chopper on Anakin, and then a bunch of um, Siege of Coruscant clones, um, so the, the the arcs, and the and, and I've had a, a go with that list, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, because Chopper is, Chopper Anakin's one of my favourite bits. Um, then A little note on that game against Nathan, I kind of yeah. felt bad for him, because uh, he had a very practised opening, Mm -hmm. I dropped a seismic charge and I went kind of puzzled because I looked at it and said, that's not going to hit anything. So I moved in all my guys and it didn't hit any of the gas clouds. Mm -hmm. And he scratched his head and was like, yeah, it's not hitting anything. And then I burned down Jag. But after the game, he put borrowed my range rulers and he measured the mat and it mm -hmm. was half a base longer oh. than it should be. Uh, so when he set up all the gas clouds with reference to range on my side, everything was further away than it was using. So none of his bombs worked in the setup. Oh, that's a bit rough. Uh, was it a Hoth mat by any chance? Um, I'm going to say pass on that. Okay. Yeah. So, so some of them are known to be a little bit bigger, and I think um, when th there was a thing when uh, AMG first kind of said, you know, put an objective in the middle, it should be four and a half from each edge, and somebody said, uh, mats are all different sizes. Um, you know, how how sh can we, you know, play properly if we can't be can you know, if we can't know how big a mat is based on you know the position of obstacles and, and objectives in it and stuff like yeah, that and they example. kind of said and they kind of said well use your eyes um and you know play the game you, you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't be working things out to that length of detail and i suppose that's yeah kind of sucks man if you've you know got a four whatever he's doing you know five forward five uh five five forward 4k drop a seismic and then fly away with his v-wing or something to 
try and catch yeah. you with True. a bunch of um, unexpected stuff and he sets it all up and ends up half a base length away from the, from the gas regardless car. really nice player yeah yeah, um, yeah everybody yeah. So I was going to say I had a cracking game against Nathan, and like uh, considering our opening couple of turns, we both uh, made massive mistakes and things went against us. We had a cracking game, um, yeah, very, very, um, very sporting game. Yeah. Um, then uh, the Spanish guy. Did you say his name was Marco? Uh, I've just put the picture up. So this is uh, Mario Nunes Jimenez. Mario Nunes Jimenez. So Mario. Um, he, he came in third in, in Swiss with, I think, something that surprised everybody, which was um, 10 num and a B-wing, um, and then a Rebel Alpha kind of powered by um, Wes Jansen jamming things, uh, Aaron Kraken passing out actions, and Dutch passing out target lock. So basically solving all your problems, three double-modded proton torpedoes at a time. Um, and a lot of players. The fact that he went 8-1-1, so he was the intentional draw, I think, think at the top end i think him and nathan might have id'd the last round of swiss possibly i think they were both eight and one and they realized that on the eight one one they would both get through uh, uh, sorry was um, that an idid an idid yeah um very good um, <laughs> let's never do that again <laughs> so um should we call it doing a nathan uh us? yeah so they they, um, they drew round 10 yeah so they drew round 10 so um yeah he, he, knowing the caliber of the players that were playing at the event, the fact that he took an alpha strike, and, and it is a straight-up alpha strike list, um, to eight and one, um, is tells me something about his ability to range control and preempt opponents' moves and things like that. Um, must have been crazy. This um, stream game against Nicholas, obviously, it went poorly for him. Um, because Nicholas did mean things to him with Magpulse missiles. Um, but um, then uh, fourth place after that was a um, friend of the podcast, Corentin Rue, who's coming to the Sith Taker Open. So this is good because, you know, we're building them up. Um, so Corentin was flying kind of a very similar list that um, Ollie had been talking about, but he'd taken uh, three TIE fighters, Vader and Suntir. Um, so he had Moff Gideon and then two black squadrons with Vader and Suntir. So um, a really, really nasty list. Um, then uh, Bartosz Wojcicki, um, who came in fifth with another Rebel list. Nobody was surprised it contained A-Wings. Everybody was surprised that it contained Battle of Yavin Um And yeah, he, he went eight and two on uh, through Swiss and then ended up uh, through the top four in the cut as well. Um, so... I'm really glad to see Rebels uh, perform so well in the cut as well. Because yeah. that really breathed a lot of life back into a lot of our communities in Sweden, at least. A lot of people was like, oh, I need to try this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I must admit, I've I've tried Bartosz's list. And, um, well, if you're not as good with A-Wings as Bartosz is, then it's not, it, it's not an autopilot list. It's not the kind <laughs> of thing that, I mean, um, the, the, the Rebel Alpha Strike list um, is something that, you could probably um, bully your way through Swiss at a tournament with if you weren't an exceptional player. But if you put it in the hands of an exceptional player, then you know it, it's it's disgusting um, because you know three double modded proton torpedoes into a jam target. Um, it hurts. You know, yeah, it really hurts. Um, sixth place was Alex Farley. We've mentioned before um, he was flying the uh, the scum. 
and villainy kind of meta staple of uh, double fire spray Kanan. Yeah, but I will um, shout out that uh, one of those fire sprays was Hondo. Yeah. So yeah, that was very interesting shit to play against because obviously uh, very very different to how any of the other fire sp- uh, fire sprays will actually play. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and that was the we, we talked about Timo a couple of times before. Um, that's what Timo was using as well, but he was using uh, his old Bofrost list, but with a free added Kanan. Um, so the list that he'd done well with at the end of version two, um, he just added a free ship in. Why not? It's, be, it's pretty much the same. Um, and then yourself, Nicholas, you you came in seventh on eight and two, and then uh, Andrew, uh, who you ended up meeting on top table, you were seventh and eighth, and cut the two of you. Uh, Andrew was flying um, Vader, the Battle of Yavin kind of ties with uh, Aiden, so Mauler backstabber with Aiden, and then I think he had Feroff in the Reaper. I'm going to say um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it was Feroff. Yeah, yeah, it's the one that stays alive. Um, so yeah, um, and then as as we mentioned earlier, Crispy, the other player that went eight and two, um, was also flying first order, but he had a, a cluster missile swarm with I think two whispers, two FOs, and uh, a Z shuttle. Um, so yeah, a real good bit of variety. The only faction that didn't make cut was uh, Resistance, sad, um, but. The uh, the highest resistance player was in fourteenth with a five ship list with two fireballs in it of all things, uh, a pod, an A wing, and an X wing. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there's that. Oh, Liam, your your sound's gone weird again. Resistance suck. Yeah, a little bit. Was that a little more clear? It, it was. Yeah, very clear. Very thank cool. you. Um, we need something to come out for resistance to make them, uh, or or they could just unnerf Y wings, and it would probably be fine. Well, this is uh, it. Like we, we, in theory, we should have points this month, shouldn't we? An update end of the month. Yeah. So I mean, just going through, like skipping down the the, the top half of uh, the the top of the cut, the people that that didn't get into cut, who you know crazy good X-Wing player. So Cam Murray from Canada, um, Yelte de Boer, who's previously been on the top table at Worlds. Um, so he lost to Simeon Delapina in the, the last version one Worlds. Um, Timo, we've talked about um, Ollie Pocknell, Duncan Howard, Ryan Staniszewski from uh, Gold Squadron, who squeaked in from the last chance qualifier. He was the last of the 10 people on the reserve list of turn up and you might get in if you're lucky. Um and and he man he ended up finishing in eighteenth with a with a republic list. Um as you talked before, you know, XY, yourself, Tim, Dave Sutcliffe uh, finished twenty-fifth, you finished thirty-first, Will Hagwood, Aurelian, who was on the, the, the pod a few weeks ago, um, from France, um, the Oler's Rathos. Anyway, I'm gonna stop going down. Um mm. Because, you know, uh, Fan, who we had, or we were going to get on after the Sith Taker Open, um, who didn't make it into court. You know, a lot of people who were doing really, really well, who ended up kind of on five and six wins, including former world champions, people who've won all sorts of things. So, I mean, the the room was just, it was just such a such a shark tank, like top yeah. to bottom of the thing was just a shark tank, you know. There wasn't really any rounds where you started off thinking, oh, this will go well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I've got an easy game. Wait, no. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not. Well, I mean, it's the old clubbings going around. 
yeah yeah there's i mean there were a few people who who went you know oh and five and dropped and were like yeah i'm i'm out of i'm not doing well here but um yeah there was not many um and you know there's still very good players whose names you kind of recognize from either online play or from you know past things where you're thinking they're a really really capable player yeah. um and like they're you know before, one and four or everyone two everyone has three. a bad day once in a while yeah exactly i mean and uh, yeah the the more i look at this list the more i want to just read out basically everybody to write down to number 188 and say <laughs> this is a really good person that you know i know about them and they got this um sort of thing so yeah um right that's worlds we might touch on it a little bit as we come in and out later on um but cool things have come out of it so we've got pattern analyzer um who have um ingested all of the uh all of the data, spat it back out in terms of what people took at Worlds. So we've got Empire was the most taken faction, 26.06%. The least taken faction was anybody who's not looking at the stats want to hazard a guess? Uh, I want to say, I want to say it's resistance. No, resistance was the fourth most common faction at thirteen point three percent. It was rebels, um, which has led to an interesting cut rate. The faction performance for rebels is such that basically, if you took rebels, you were very likely to make cut. You had a fifteen percent chance of making cut if you were a rebel player, um, because two of the eight that made cut were rebels, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, the most common was Empire, then Galactic Republic, then First Order, Resistance, uh, Separatists, Scum, and then Rebels, uh, bringing up the rear. Um, the uh, best performing faction was First Order, um, for obvious reasons, um, because it won. Um, but the uh, the faction that had the highest percentage win rate was Separatists. So there you go. Which is kind of a bit. They had a fifty-one point eight seven percent win rate. Did separatists mm. across the whole event. So, the lowest win rate was scum with forty-one point two eight percent. So there you go. If you're into your fine margins and your, um, what's it called, the British Cycling Dave Brailsford marginal gains stuff. You know, if you're going to shave your legs and start wearing lycra socks when you're playing X-wing <laughs> to make yourself go faster, um, then yeah, you want to be you want to be playing separatists or first order, um. Uh, actually, the the three with more than fifty percent win rate were Separatist First Order and Galactic Republic, um, with uh, yeah resistance kind of in the middle, um, and it's a, it's a it's a bit of an interesting one because um, you can look at these win rates and say, oh wow, Rebels are crushing it, and then you look at what crushed it in Rebels and you see the two lists and you see that nobody else was flying those lists, um, and then you say, all oh, right, but what was you know, doing really well in Empire. Oh, it was this kind of combination of Battle of Yavin Vader plus some other stuff. Um, but as well as that doing really, really well and ending up on top table, it also did really badly and ended up on some 015s. So it's like trying to find out what works for you, basically, as, a, as an individual. Um, squad size, most common squad size was five ships. I don't think that's going to surprise anybody, followed by four ships, um, then six ships, then three ships. Uh, then seven ships. There was nobody with eight ships. Nobody had the cojones to fly eight ships at Worlds. Next time. 
get through three turns with your vulture droids. Oh, time, never mind. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and the, the most common cost of pilot was three. The average pilot cost was 4.3. So most people kind of hovering around the roughly a four cost ship, which syncs up with the five ship list kind of thing. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, the most common upgrade, we've already talked about it. Elusive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most common upgrade was elusive, but what was second? Nicholas, have a guess. Shield upgrade? Mm-hmm. Liam. Uh I would double down on shield upgrade upgrade to be fair. Ben, any different? Ben's had to nip away. Ben's had to nip away. Tim? Uh, yeah, shield upgrade. I don't know. Yeah, it was shield upgrade. Yeah, it was 109 instances of shield upgrade to 133 of elusive. After that was crack shot, then predator, then veteran tail, veteran tail gunner for all those fire sprays. Yeah. Uh, Afterburners for all those battle of Yavin ties invaders. So, um, quick question: So, where it says percentile, is that to do with win rate in the upgrades bit? I not sure. It might be number well, of. She, uh, Number of lists. Well, no, so actually, no. So, win, win percent is six percent. I just noticed that the upgrades, uh, the way I've got mine sorted, is is sorted by uh, least taken, uh, or is it by percentile? And Satine and Corky right. are both in the top five of that, and I was the only one that took those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one instance of those, eighty-two point nine eight percentile. So I don't, I don't know I don't what know. The percentile because is. you got a win rate sixty percent. So I'm not quite sure what that percentile bit means. So yeah. I don't know, maybe it's the number of games because perhaps, I don't know, some people dropped or something, I don't know. Possibly. Um, the most common repeating ship composition was Dom's List, followed by two Firesprays and Kanan, followed by three Ties, Vader, and a Reaper, um, and then a Lat, a V-Wing, and two Delta Sevens. So, um, But that uh, Separatist combo... Um, 13 instances of that as was the most of any in, uh, unique combo of ship chassis. So anyway, interesting stats. That's all on pattern-analyzer.app. If you click on that and click on tournaments, you can see uh, a whole bunch of stats and fill your boots. Um, the tournament's also on MetaWing, uh, so you can go and have a look at all the squads um, and copy them and play them at your friendly local game store to your heart's content. That's what I've been doing on TTS and down the club for the last couple of weeks is shamelessly pulling world's lists out of my boxes and being like yeah let's see if i enjoy this if it's good turns out they're all good um i'm kind of surprised that i was the only one who brought lone wolf i was expecting someone to put it on soon tier or something yeah i think it's because so many people have like five and six ship lists and it's hard to trigger but i guess you were flying your your ember in a way that said you're going to have this reroll all the time because I'm using you as a rabbit to try and trap yeah, them. True. So did you have Lone Wolf, yeah, instead of Elusive? No, then... I had Elusive and Lone Wolf. Oh, he's you got two double talents on Ember. Yeah, yeah. So, so you yeah, did take a around and double everything. You don't have a shield upgrade, though. No, uh, I'd rather have the rerolls for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rerolls on your rerolls. It's getting okay. into Han Solo territory with that. Ooh. It's like just keep re-rolling everything, see how it goes. Yeah, 
it's good. Oh, it's, there's only seven points, so you don't have space for a shield upgrade anyway. So just el- elusive hand lone wolf. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> just reroll everything. It's fine. Um, cool. Uh, right. So um, you can go and have a quick look at those. Um, you can go and have a quick look, as we said, at those uh, again at some point um, if you feel like it. Uh, we're just going to move on a little bit and have a quick chat about um, some of the other stuff that got announced at the uh, at Adepticon, um, which was pretty cool because um, there was quite a lot of stuff that they came out with. Um, I don't know how much of this you guys saw, um, but uh, first of all, we'll go through. Worlds has been confirmed for next year at Adepticon. Um, so uh, AMG have said, we're, we're doing this again. So that's great news. Um, then they did a panel. Um, they confirmed a bunch of stuff. We don't know what the details of this information are, but they've confirmed something that they referred to as regionals, having something that they referred to as buys, and also entry into Worlds next year. Um, so organized play is coming back into uh, the community. We know in the UK that the UK Games Expo is going to have something. Um at the beginning of June. We've not had any formal confirmation of it, but Chris Mitchell has said, I've had permission to tell you what's happening. There'll be a formal announcement at some point, but I'm, there's going to be X-Wing at the at the expo. So um, if you want to go, uh, then uh, crack on. I think, Tim, you and Ben are planning on going? Yep. Yeah, we've uh, I've booked a hotel, which is fully refundable uh, up until like the week before, just in case. But uh, I have... Well, this is it. Like I did that last year as well, um, just on the off chance that something like it doesn't pan out. But as as long as it's a premier level event, as in price support and bits and bobs, then we'll be going. Um, yeah, well, I'll certainly be going, and I'm sure Ben will tag along. Um, but if it sort of peters out, then we'll, we can obviously just check. So let's see. We'll see. I mean, we have got a big. I will shout out Welsh Open that month as well. So there is potential choice for people that month. Yeah, back end of June, the Welsh Open's happening yeah. in Cardiff. So um, store kits have been confirmed. Um, they showed some uh, splash uh, just before Worlds, um, but we didn't record um, that week. So um, it looks mostly like cardstock, um, but. Uh, we're not entirely sure uh, exactly what's coming, but um, if you've got a friendly local game store and you want to run a store championship, it will have a seat for Worlds as part of the prize support. Um, so it's worth getting in touch with your game store, asking them to order uh, a copy, and then once they put a date on it, getting in touch with... Uh, so Ollie Pocknell is running a tournament tracker, so any tournaments in the UK can go on that so that people who can be lucky enough to go to multiples can schedule themselves, and also TOs can look and see when other ones are so that they don't overlap. Um, also, if you're running a, a store kit, then let us know and we'll talk about it here um and you know we're happy to have people on to to chat about the stuff that they're doing in their in their communities we're really really keen to see um kind of grassroots x-wing and and grassroots organized play spinning back up again because we've all been keeping it going as a community for the last kind of three years and now it seems to be back in full force so it's it's great to know i will i will say like i know no, the game was looking a bit uncertain, perhaps in the last six months or so. Certainly from a shop owner point of view, 
and there's several shops certainly local that uh, i know that haven't bought the store championship kits um i actually sent an email around a lot of the shops that i thought would be sort of in the northwest and a bit further afield asking them look you know if you get get a store champ kit you know we'll help promote it and, and obviously we're, we're interested in coming and playing uh one of those shops actually messaged asmodee today and have been able to order a kit so hopefully if your if your local store hasn't if you ask them to speak to the asmodee uk rep that hopefully they can order one cool um yeah and and we've been chatting with um Asmodee reps as well about um, about organised play, and they're really positive about the community vibe that's happening around it. So um, it's really really great that you know everybody's up for X Wing and everybody's up for OP as well at the moment. So it's great. Um, cool. Um, then in the panel, um, after they mentioned stuff, they they did some sport. After they mentioned OP stuff, they did some spoilers. So um, uh, we've got them uh, in our general channel on the on the discord if uh, and if anybody's uh, not looking at it at the moment um we've got yt2400 aka dash is back mm-hmm. um but not just dash in rebels and he is coming back for rebels dash is coming back as a standard loadout for scum and villainy uh as well um he's got all sorts of cool stuff he's coming back with lebo as well um he's a little bit nerfed um I'm just going to read it out if I can squint enough. So it's like after you gain a red token as a result of moving through uh, or overlapping an obstacle, you can transfer that red token to a friendly ship at range zero to one. Uh, so you can basically ignore rocks. This is the scum one. And he's got sensor blackout, which is while you perform a primary attack at zero to one, you roll a one fewer attack die. And while you defend at range one, you roll one fewer defense die. So he's still got the old dash donut. Um, but then Outrider as a title gives him uh, when you perform an attack at range three, you roll an additional dice. Um, and while you uh, perform an attack that is obstructed, uh, you can change one of the defender's uh, evade results to a focus. So that's almost Duke-like. So yeah, he's going to be banging out four dice at range three into people like he always did back in the good old days. Uh, that's the scum version I've just gone through. It's got other stuff in it, but I'm not reading it all out. Um, the rebel one is kind of very similar, but his pilot ability is different, which is during the engagement phase, um, you ignore the effect of obstacles that you're overlapping. So you suck down the effect of the obstacle when you go over it in activation, but you can still shoot. So it's not great, but it's okay. All right. Any opinions other than Dash's back? I think it's a great idea to just put him into Scum, but as a standard loadout. So Scum has a lot of shenanigans, which you could probably do a lot of nasty things if you manage to do whatever you wanted with mm-hmm. a Outrider uh, in Scum. So yeah. it's a good call to just take a standard loadout and put him in scum. Yeah, don't give him access to the scum and villainy bounty hunter crew and gunners and stuff. It could get a little bit silly. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, so the other thing that they talked about is they are reprinting the Thai bomber. So the Thai SA bomber. Um, they're um, they've spoiled uh, basically one. One pilot, um, Tomax Bren, who's an, an I-5 bomber, um, and he's got an ability after you perform a barrel roll action, you can spend two charges if you do gain a focus token. Um, so um, 
he's got barrel roll link to target lock so he can barrel roll spend two charges get a focus then take it to red target lock and single uh, ship double modded munitions and he's comes as a standard loadout with uh, plasma torps ion bombs and something called true grit uh which is uh okay cool uh so at the end of the activation phase if you are not strained you can gain a strain and remove a non-lock red or orange token so yeah lots of messing about um seems good yeah, I think um, one thing to point out with uh, Dash and the Bomber is that they did say as well these will be repaints, so they did take the opportunity oh, yeah, um, yeah. to actually um, look at... So although, yes, it will just it will still be an Imperial Grey Bomber, um, they've actually looked at updating the, the, the painting technique and scheme. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the YT-2400 has a, a new paint scheme as well. Good call. When we've all got to buy one because it'll be slightly different colours. Yeah, but it's nice to see more ships that are too agility. Too much of the meta, for me at least, is just three agility everywhere and you can't push damage in. So I'm looking forward to having more two agility ships on the board so things actually die. Yeah, seeing stuff exploding would be good. Seeing stuff exploding would be very good. I hope Uh, there's some cool pilots that we don't see coming as well. Yeah. Oh, welcome back, Ben. Hello. Um, so yeah, they spoiled. Uh, we've mentioned earlier they they've spoiled the um the, the store championship kit. Um, there's some stuff around it that look like obstacles. Uh, uh, sorry, objective tokens. So there is a, a bit of a um, new scenario coming, maybe kind of, but we don't know. Um, there's a lot of card stock in it. There's not any tokens spoiled in it at the moment. So, um, but it is quite a big box uh, for what appears to be a couple of piles of cards. So, hopefully, the, um, the tokens look like the front of the um, Falcon, don't they? Like this, the, the yeah, uh, autopilot or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. So, yeah, it's and there's like some there's there's some stuff there about that, that definitely looks like it's to do with a scenario, but whether they're just generic scenario tokens that you know. There are for people who don't have them or whatever. I don't know. Um, the next thing that they spoiled was something called Children of Mandalore, which is an organized play kit, which is another um, store kit style of a thing. Um, it's got, uh, it, I mean, it's got, again, objective tokens that look like Beskar, um, but they're like the cardboard ones with printed stuff on them. It's got something that looks like a hyperspace marker. Um, and it's got a bunch of stuff. It's another um, kit. It's another uh, starter kit. So it's got, um, it's like the droids that you're looking for or the Aces High one or whatever. Um, something that it does have, though, appears to be a talent with an alt art of, is it Kanan holding the dark saber? I Maybe. think it's Sabine. Oh, yeah, it is Sabine. Yeah. I'll turn my head sideways and squint a bit. But it's a talent. So who knows what talent that is? something it's got a dark saber on it it's pretty cool little (laughs) bit of art um so that's coming as well so again these are things that if you talk to your friendly local game store and ask them um these are the kind of things that you can use (laughs) (laughs) these are the kind of things that you can use to get new players into the game um if you've got a bunch of veteran players they tend to i don't know like i suppose you play it play them for fun uh every so often um but if you know like um element where we play occasionally does you know kind of 
events where you can come down and get demos and look at different games and stuff. So they're the, they're the kind of scenarios that you can throw down on the table for new players or for returning players um, as well. Um, and then this is the bit that kind of got me a bit excited was Battle Over Endor was the next thing that they spoiled, which is another Battle of Yavin Siege of Coruscant style pack. So it comes with a, an alternate play scenario, which let's be honest, we'll play once and then not play again. Um, <laughs> You've and, actually well, played them. So, um, I played Yavin. That's so, it. I, I haven't played any of them because I would say, should we play Yavin? And the people who'd already played it said, there's no point because you can't get down the trench because the TIE fighters just block you because <laughs> you can't leave the trench once you're in it and they know where you're going to be. <laughs> so they just block you and you can never fire your torpedoes because you die. <laughs> it's like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so... um I might might try them again at some point, but um, they did spoil a new wedge um, who's coming out to be the kind of return of the Jedi wedge for uh, for the battle over Endor. Um, so it's an update to old wedge um, and young wedge and younger wedge. So, you know, this is now our fourth version of wedge, I think, um, between the A-wing and the, the two X-wing versions. Um, so his ability has been updated um, so he no longer reduces agility, but he says after you perform an attack that hits, gain a focus token. So what kills Wedge? He spends his focus on offense and then dies. So that helps. Then he's also got something called It's a Trap, which is a talent. So this is a standard loadout. Um, it's a Trap, which is a talent, which is while defending, if there are more other friendly ships than enemy ships at range 0 to 1, you can reroll one of your blank results. So as long as you've got your mates around, you're getting defensive rerolls. Then he's got Predator, Advanced Proton Torpedoes, and R2A3, which is an astromech that says after you perform an action, you may spend one charge to acquire a lock. And he's got one charge. So this is very clearly leaning in, a bit like Tomax earlier, is leaning into giving a high initiative ship the ability to double mod a big dirty munition um, and not be afraid to do so. So... I really like this. It's, I think this is ridiculously good. If that's five points, then he's definitely going to be on every table. Yeah. I suspect he won't be five points. Not with that combination <laughs> of upgrades. <laughs> but at six, he might still see play because that's a that's an eraser ship at I-6 kind of ability. Yeah, that he's definitely. Got. So uh, we like that. Okay. Oh, we've lost Ben again. Fair enough. Um, and well, then <laughs> he'll be okay. He's been, he's been on mute for most of the thing. Um, and then we've got uh, we've got Captain Yor has also come out over this. So there is going to be tie defenders in the battle over Endor because while they didn't appear on screen, they were definitely there, just just off camera, just just over there. Um, and Captain Yor says after you perform a primary attack that hits you may spend a charge to perform a bonus cannon attack fair enough um and then he's also got uh chiss engineering after you fully execute a speed three to five maneuver you can perform a lock action while attacking if you're not stressed you can spend a shield to apply the range one bonus rude okay it's nice to see them go 
away from full throttle as well because yes. that always makes the defender really expensive and hard to deal with yeah um so yeah this gets this gets more disgusting like i couldn't hit defenders enough not only does he apply a range one bonus to attacks um if he's not stressed by spending a shield. He's also got an ability called No Escape that says while you perform a primary attack, if there are more friendly ships than other than other enemy ships at range zero to one of the defender, you may re-roll one of the blank results. So free re-rolls, free target locks, uh, which you don't have to use because you've got your re-rolls. Then he's also got Predator, so he's got re-rolls as well. So he's got re-rolls on his re-rolls. So you'll like this one, Nicholas. It's all yeah. it's all about the rerolls. <laughs> Plus, he's got an ion cannon. So this is a standard loadout. So he's got an ion cannon, so he can use that with his pilot ability. Um, so you hit, and then you double tap them with an ion cannon. And then after all of that, he's got computer-assisted handling, which is after you fully execute your maneuver, you can spend a charge to perform a booster barrel roll action. So that's once. It doesn't look like it recurs. So, yeah, that's, that's rather mean. Yeah, looks fun. A lot of good it's stuff. Going on there. A lot of good stuff going on there, um, and that's that's what we had spoiled. So uh, we also got the new starter pack spoiled. Yeah, we did. Which we did for me is one of the main things I actually got excited about because that's been a large issue here in Sweden that we can't get new players because there's just no way to introduce them easily to the game so getting new starter packs is something that we really hoped for a long time now since yeah. we can't really even buy the game with the current rule set all the starter kits nowadays just say oh go to this website and download the app <laughs> which doesn't exist anymore exactly yeah yeah so it's it's been a bit of a mess and i'm i'm glad that amg have actually taken a strategic view of what is most important to keeping the game going over time um because short term new stuff for us existing players would have made us happy but long term for the game to continue to grow they need to be able to push people either back into the game so that they think about maybe i will buy a conversion kit um, now I've got all the second edition stuff um, or just new people coming in and going, that looks cool. Um, being able to get, well, I can't remember what it is, um, you know, an interceptor, two TIE fighters and a bomber or whatever it is. It's a, an advanced two, two fighters and a bomber yeah, um, a, or a couple of X-wings and a Y-wing or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like, that's enough ships to put together a, a you know, a list that's enough ships to put your your 20 points together isn't it um yeah and uh, it's so much better to just have one faction starter kit than yeah. the ones before where you bought a starter kit and then you suddenly had two tie fighters that you're never going to use yeah and what they have said is that it does contain everything that you need to play so it contains movement templates range rulers it contains dice and obstacles um so you know they're they're is no need for a veteran player to buy it. Um, it will contain standard loadout cards, but those standard loadout cards won't contain any new upgrades. So they won't contain any like janky little astromechs or anything like that. Um, so if you want to run the standard upgrade, uh, the standard loadout card that comes in that, you will be able to build it from your existing set of um, of uh, of upgrades. Um, so that's really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
other than that, you might want to buy it because, you know, it contains some of the obstacles that you don't own, maybe, you know, if you want that particular shape of asteroid and you don't already have that one or, you know, a different shape of a gas cloud that you don't already have, maybe you might want to buy it, but there's there's no need to. It's it's very, very much optional. So um, I'm looking forward with some enthusiasm to seeing what comes out with uh I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out with the um with the other factions. So um okay. Liam, before you dash, I think we've kind yeah. of come to the end. So can you wait for five minutes and then dash? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. Because yeah. we can wrap up now anyway, I think. Because yeah. we've been going for we an hour and three quarters, which everything. is plenty of time. Yeah. Um so um right. We're going to talk more about this stuff tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow, next week. I'm tired, you can tell. We're going to talk more about this stuff next week. Um, so, uh, Nicholas, have you got any shout-outs that you want to do other than the whole world and everybody that you've ever spoken to about X-Wing? <laughs> well, I have three main shout-outs, uh, mainly Alva that uh, acted as a coach and just kept me breathing during the whole event. Uh the same would have gone for Cox. He got some coaching as well, which kept us alive. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also Ice Fane, since he flew me out, I wouldn't have gone if he didn't do that, since yeah. Alva had her 30th birthday during Worlds, so we weren't going to go mm -hmm. uh, until he paid for it. Um, and then lastly, Joanne, which is my main opponent, which I just keep bashing my list against and see what sticks mm -hmm. yeah um this a great uh, ice events coming to the sith taker open just as an aside so um i think he's gonna have to suffer another hangover like the size of the one that he had at worlds as well um <laughs> oh it's gonna be so much worse because they're gonna be <laughs> drinking with me <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah cool well thank you very much Nick. <laughs> oh, yeah right um ben have you got any shout outs you wanted to do um yeah just i'm gonna shout out liam because i know he's too hard on himself oh i love you really bless you i know it's like my one act of kindness for the day <laughs> <laughs> all right liam any shout outs uh so sorry rich but i'm going to shout out boarding brum uh we've got an <laughs> event on the 15th of april mm -hmm. so please come down uh, I'm going to shout out it, it's a long list of names so I'm not going to go through it but everyone I spoke to at Worlds everyone that came up to me recognised my dulcet tones and go Liam like really confused I was like yes who are you how do you know me and then like, it, it was mind blowing how much of an audience we have mm -hmm. like it's international it was really like scary at first it's cool uh, I don't think you mean it if you don't remember every single one of the names. Well, I don't mean it then, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shout out Darren, who shed a little tear when he, well, when I didn't make it through. He's a uh, lovely at heart. And everyone that sent me a message uh, checking up on how I was and wishing me well and everything. And yeah, honestly, it was a, Although I didn't get to play as much X-Wing as I wanted, it was a really heartwarming experience. And Worlds wasn't about the X-Wing, it was about the people. 
It's about the friends that we made along the way, right? Shut up. <laughs> it's about the potato-based food that he found along the way. <laughs> All right, Tim? Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll shout out Isophane as well because uh, he did um, help uh, contribute to my my expenses for going to World. So uh, thanks to him, and uh, no doubt I'll get him a, a beer when he comes over to take her open. Uh, I will also a massive shout out to uh, Chris Allen, Chris Mitchell, and the rest of the judging team and volunteers. Uh, it was a really, really smooth event. We had a few repairs, but you're always bound to an event that size. Uh, but the fact that the guys kept it going for like what four days you know, from like early doors to late at night. I mean, I think that, you know, some nights they were like past midnight, like tidying tables, setting stuff up. So massive thanks to all those guys. Um, yeah. Thanks to all my opponents and everybody that came up and spoke to me, you know, it is, it's great to speak to everybody. Uh, I will shout out GSP as well. Um, so for, if you're not aware, uh, you can still go and watch uh, the world stream for free on Twitch. That's still available, and the videos have started to go up on YouTube. Uh, so yeah. do su- go and support those because that obviously helps. I mean, as I say, I think I, I looked around the different gaming systems, and the X-wing finals have been viewed ten thousand times, or the the, the top sort of the top cuts Jeez. been viewed ten thousand times in a week. Uh, Legion's like seven and a half thousand and like MCP and Armada are not, not anywhere near that. So like it's it's just showing that the uh, the community interest still there in the game, which is really good to see. Um, I know a, a few um, older X-Wing players like um, from who, who dropped uh, on 2.6 coming out um, had their interest reignited by watching the final of Worlds as well because yeah. they were like, yeah, it's still... It's still an exciting game. It's still a different game, and it you know it's a different game, but it's still exciting and it's still good. So, yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, special thanks to the mainstay crew. So that was like Connor, Steve, Alex, Dom, Pond, uh, just hanging out, and obviously my uh, my little travelling buddy Liam. You know, I know it didn't quite work out as you wish, but thanks to the company, and I'm just pleased to say that I managed to get you to America and back in one piece um, without the need of police intervention. Even via a gun. Uh, uh, there was a uh, very sketchy moment when we would we'd gone through Dublin, so we'd done passport control at Dublin, and then we were trying to get through the like a, they had like a, a security barrier before you went to the pre-clearing immigration, and Liam just had a bit of a, a technology meltdown, and uh, yeah, was was almost left behind at that point, but he managed to find the right QR code and scan it and get through. So. Uh, yes. Bless you. Are you oh, a in disguise, just, Liam? No, you're just supposed to respect the American national anthem, apparently. <laughs> so, 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 f- funny story. Like, bless Liam, he's not done a lot of travelling uh, outside of Wolverhampton, and um, <laughs> we, so I, I booked his hotel room the night before at Manchester Airport just so we could chill out, go to the bar. So we're sat in the bar having a drink. And so I'm just doing my usual like X-Wing dad mode. So I start going through and asking him some questions like, you know, have you got this? Have you got that? I said, have you got your boarding passes? Oh, yeah, I've got the email that Connor sent me. I said, no, no. I said, have you checked in for your flight and got your boarding passes? Oh, I've just got this email. 
and literally as economy booked his flight through the, the liam fundraiser and just sent in the email through so 10 o'clock a couple of pints in i'm trying to talk him through how to check in online you know get <laughs> get, get his boarding passes I'm, oh, gl- I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation at 10 o'clock the night before we fl- flew because <laughs> that would have been quite interesting when we got to the, got to the airport because uh we didn't have to check in because i checked in online and, and the whole bag was under my booking so technically we may not have known until perhaps security and then I don't know. it was good it was all good it yeah fine it has been fine right um i just want to give a quick shout out to um amg i know you've already mentioned chris allen but um there's been a care packages come back to a mul- multiple countries and the UK's got one basically. Uh, I, I heard a number of like twelve hundred sets of templates were doing the rounds at Worlds, um, and rather than them just kind of going to people that were there, um, they were given in boxes to people from different countries to go back. Um, so Tim, Louis Leong, and Chris uh, Mitchell have kind of been working together to figure out um, how we can evenly distribute those around uh, the country. Um, so um, if you haven't already seen it, and you're a UKTO. Um, then Louis has put a Google form up on the main Facebook group and around uh, a few other places. Uh, if you need a link to it and you can't find it, drop us a message and we'll be able to connect it into you. Um, but basically, if you're running an event in the next kind of six to 12 months in the UK, um, then you'll be able to get your hands on some pretty cool uh, world's uh, templates and cards and that kind of thing. Um, Added to that, Louis also did an enormous gift exchange for his awesome metal stuff that he gets created um, and basically had a shop at Worlds where he was opening it and just trading his stuff for other swag. Um, And he's come home with uh, another suitcase full of stuff, which he's going to be distributing out across um, the the country so that we can support grassroots stuff. I say we, he, he, Louis, can support grassroots stuff uh, with his cleverness. So... um, yeah, um, if you do want stuff, then make sure to to hit up that form and put in details of your event in. Um, I think that yeah, that is you know really important to say. Like I think Atomic Mass Games did acknowledge that uh, they they could do a lot of good with a lot of the old OP stuff. So a lot of it is printed twenty nineteen and stuff like that. But who cares really? Like I've I've got thirty two times four packs of acrylic templates sat in some carrier bags and my flat somewhere um so yeah like yeah if, if you want support um do um do obviously jump onto that uk form uh this is we've got uk price support but we might be able to do a few of the other countries that weren't supported but i know um i know price support went to latin america went to central america or sort of united states um we were um, someone to scandinavia i think france germany um yeah. spain so a lot of uh, basically most countries that were represented at Worlds, um, one of their sort of community leaders or, or, or figureheads as such. And uh, I was a bit worried when the judges called for me by name on like uh, the final day. Um, but yes, uh, I was basically until like, they handed you a massive box of stuff. Yeah, and you were like and you were like, but Chris is there. Why can't he transport it back? Well, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Obviously, I mean, yeah. We 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 are lucky in the UK that we've been given two bags. But then I think um, we will definitely use it because I mean, I think the, the, yeah, the the uptake's already been uh, really good to see. And and this is it. We'll, be, we'll soon be in store champ season. So yeah, if you're if you're running a one day up in April, maybe May. Because I think store champs might start in May, but if you're thinking about 
you know running a one day and want to sort of keep that that world type going uh do tap up louis um you don't have to message like me and chris directly i think louis going to coordinate through the google form and then uh we'll make sure that you know the stuff gets out there yeah stuff gets to the right people um so yeah cool um i think we're going to wrap it up there because we've been wrapping it up now for 12 minutes through half a dozen <laughs> anecdotes and and some more shout outs so um I'm going to say massive thank you again and a huge congratulations to Nicholas. Uh, you won the World Championship of X-Wing. You've got a massive trophy. You've got some ginormous medals from Adepticon. Um, did you keep the three dice, by the way? Uh, no, I couldn't <gasps> figure out which ones they were. Also, they were the stream dice, so I didn't care that much. 100% I would have just stolen them. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have cared. I'd have been like, I'll give you three corset dice, Dion. Don't worry about it, mate. I'm having these ones. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set them on hit, hit focus, and and get them framed, and then get that tattooed somewhere on my wrist so I can kiss it every time I roll dice <laughs> in the future. Let's go. I'll actually said that I should get them uh, tattooed. Hundred percent. Like meaning to get some X-wing dice tattooed somewhere. I, I, I was thinking about it, but now I can't do it because I don't deserve to. But you, on the other hand, you should get them done <laughs> somewhere quite prominent where your opponents will see them and you can be like, this is the god roll. You, you could get blanks for yours, Rich. I could. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, that famous heroic roll? Was it four, uh, four, four blanks into four blanks? Yeah, four into four. Never. Oh, sad. Still sad about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, congratulations, Nicholas. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting to meet you properly in uh, in February next year. So, yeah. Looking forward fantastic. to it. Um, so, uh, right, we'll just go around and say bye-bye. So goodbye from Nicholas. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. From Liam. Toodles. From Ben. Bye. And from me. Cheerio. For tonight, God is a DJ. No, that would be a really funny story from Chicago for you next year, Rich, when you come back and try and explain to your wife what those eight blank dice are that you've got tattooed onto your back. <laughs> yeah, four in each cheek. <laughs> <laughs>